The first New York Derby is in the books, and what a night it was. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsip, who's still reeling after that New York Red Bull victory. Ivis, what's up, man? Still reeling. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What a, I mean, it was a, yeah, it was a crazy night. We were partying it up afterwards. You know, Brad Lurie Phillips and I were popping bottles oh, yeah. at the club. You know, it was good. <laughs> we, you know, it was, we had to celebrate. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, it was great, man. It was a great night, great experience. Uh, the scene at Red Bull Arena was something else. The the fans uh, for both sides. I mean, it, it, it really was everything that we th- thought it could be, that I thought it could be. I've been saying it for years. I've been saying it for what feels like 15 years, that if you put another team in this market, if you put a team in New York, you could help create a rivalry that, that could really turn things up and really help the league. And I think at least for first the first episode of it, the first installment, uh, it it did it did the job. It it lived up to the billing. No, it definitely did, and we'll talk about that game here in just a second. Lots to talk about on today's show. We'll talk a little bit about the U.S. Women's National Team who are gearing up for the World Cup this summer. Some NASL news. We actually have crazy to think. I have some Americans abroad news. I feel like every single week it gets smaller and smaller, but there is still some things to talk about. All right, enough of all that. Bringing it back to Major League Soccer as we discussed New York Red Bulls. All over NYCFC, Bradley Wright Phillips with two goals in this match. And Ivis, let's face it, NYCFC is lucky not to be totally blown out of the water in this match. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it being the kind of match that it was uh, with, with the, 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 the tension and, and the passion and the atmosphere. I think it was always going to be a close match. I mean, I think those matches, uh, you know, it, it's... It's kind of tough to to have a team pull away, and the, and I I agree with you. Red Bulls, you know, four minutes in, they score that first goal, and it looks like you know this is going to be a, a mismatch you know, or or a blowout before it even gets good. But you know, credit to NYCFC, they 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 hung in there, and then obviously Matt Miasca with the second yellow, the two yellow cards, uh, was kind of the great equalizer in a way that it it, it gave NYCFC some hope, some some opportunity there, but. Uh, they weren't quite able to take full advantage of it. And credit to the Red Bulls. They really came to play. They really, uh, obviously, they got a lot of energy from that crowd. Uh, it, it was, for me, it was the most charged atmosphere I've seen there ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, even talking playoff games, I'm, I mean, even the MLS All-Star game. The MLS All-Star game was a great atmosphere there. But it was it was like, an, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like, uh, I, I wish I could describe it, but there was just like a tension uh, a combination of excitement and tension that was like that was, you could just feel it from both sides from, from the fans there. You know the All Star Game. It was a lot of excitement because it was like a big event. You know Manchester United. It was it was all it was huge. And even last year with the playoffs with New England with the New England uh, Red Bulls uh, first leg uh, at Red Bull at Red Bull Arena. Obviously, it's a big playoff game. There was passion. There, there was passion and and and, and there was uh, excitement and anxiety. But it was the first leg of two legs, so I think I don't think it was you know it was if it was a final, I'm sure it would have been uh, even bigger. But I think for me last night, just the feeling in that in that building uh, was one I hadn't felt before in Red Bull Arena. Yeah, I definitely seemed to notice that on on social media. Everyone was talking about that, and and the tifo that that the New York Red Bulls fans had uh, was fantastic in the match too. I I thought it was yeah you had a good picture on Twitter of it, Ivis. Thanks, man. No, I said the 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 singing. The singing was great. Uh, I, I, the, the whole twist and shout. I thought that was a great uh, addition to their uh, their songbook, so to speak. I mean, I, I can't remember hearing it. Definitely never heard it like like we heard it last night. I mean, it was it was clear as day, well organized, very loud. And look, credit to the NYCFC fans as well. I mean, you're talking probably anywhere from fifteen hundred to two thousand 
NYCFC fans showed up and they filled their section of the upper deck. And you could hear them at times. Like they, they definitely tried to bring the noise and, and, and kind of let let it be known that they were in the building. And the, whole, and the whole thing just created uh, what you want from a derby, what you want. And, and, I, and we still don't know what we're going to call this thing. You know, you got Hudson River Derby. You got New York Derby. I'm, I'm cool with either one of those. I think we have to do a vote on SBI and figure out what people want to call it. But uh, but it was just a great atmosphere. I mean, I've been the, to my share of, of, of big Derby matches. Uh, you know, with, uh, the Manchester Derby is, you know, Man City, Man United. Obviously, I've been to Portland, the Portland-Seattle Derby uh, in Seattle and in Portland. And, I, I mean, I think that's still the standard bearer in MLS. I think that's kind of the... The you know, all other rivalries and derbies will be measured and will continue to be measured by Portland and Seattle, but for a first game, I mean, this had everything you could want. It had it had it had the the drama, it had the goals, it had it had a, a, a late comeback attempt, it had a, a star player being unhappy with getting getting benched, uh, you know, David Villa. It, it, it was it, it had it all, it had it all, and uh, I, I tell you what, it. it it was good. It was good enough to make you want to to, to have it happen again. And, and they play again on June twenty eighth at Yankee Stadium. And I think I think it's safe to say that is going to be once again that's going to be another great environment. Well, bringing it back to the game, uh, NYCFC goes up a man Ivis in the thirty sixth minute once Matt Miazza walks off the field. And I mean for Jason Christ and, and I mean the rhetoric is still there that it's an expansion team. We're still learning. You know we, we do have the talent. I mean for NYCFC Ivis to be up a man for the majority of the match. And not to be able to to gain momentum or to be able to swing it back in their favor, it, it just goes to show how both of these teams, which is crazy to think, going in complete opposite directions right now. Versus three months know. ago, when it seemed like New York Red Bulls with Jesse March were in a state of, of flux. It's, it's just interesting how three months have played out, and also the Red Bulls are here on top, and NYCFC is tail spinning to the bottom. Ah, I'm not ready to, to to say it's that dramatic. I mean, look, NYCFC is an expansion team, and I think people got a little caught up with with their first couple of games and how good they looked. But they were, they, I mean, they were always going to have some struggles, and obviously the injuries haven't helped them uh, in terms of gaining a continuity and, and gaining an understanding of each other. So I think from that standpoint, they, they they're definitely uh, behind. They've fallen behind in, in terms of their their development as a team. Um, but I, I mean, I personally, I, I agree with Jason Christ. I mean, I know Christ, when you hear Christ talk about uh, the accentuating the positives and trying to continue to think positively, I mean, you, it's easy to look at it and say, oh, it's just him doing what he has to do. But I mean, I tend to agree in that I think the elements are there for this team to be competitive. And I think in time, it's going to start to turn around. I think they have the talent, the midfield, they have the midfield there. I think their defense is decent enough. And I think when Via gets a little more uh consistency in terms of uh being healthy and playing regularly i think he's gonna help and then obviously frank lampard's coming this summer so frank lampard's gonna be huge for them so i think uh, don't let's not go you know throwing dirt on the grave of nycfc yet i think it should i think i give the red bulls credit i mean they they were organized even though they even when they went a man down they handled it perfectly and credit to jesse marsh uh he actually had his team train uh being down a man uh, this week, uh, they worked on that. Uh, uh, you can check out the story uh, on SBI. Uh, Franco Panizo uh, wrote it up, and Frank, uh, Frank, we were at training on Friday at Red Bull Arena, and they and they worked on that. They worked on being down a man, and and it ca- it came in handy because they were able to withstand 
uh, what NYC threw at them, and and they're the better team right now. I don't know if anyone should really be su- surprised by that. Uh, they're the better team of the two New York teams. They're, they're, they've shown to be one of the better teams in the league early on this season. And uh, but again, hopefully uh, for the sake of the rivalry, NYCFC turns it around. They get these guys. They get everybody healthy, fully healthy, and they get on a nice little run. Uh, but for right now, first, first blood and, and bragging rights goes to the Red Bulls. Well, speaking of runs, uh, right now when you compare Bradley Wright Phillips to last year, he's about on pace for the amount of goals that he had. He has five right now. He had a brace in this match. And I think I was, I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips proving that he doesn't need Thierry Henry delivering balls. Nice to have Sasha Kleschen there. But, I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips, I was continuing to, to, to impress for the New York Red Bulls. Hey, he, I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this last night. I was sitting in, the, I was sitting in Red Bull Arena. And it's after the match, and I was there pretty late. And 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 yeah, and, how, and late did, about how late that. did you stay there, by the way? Uh, one a.m. One a.m. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's good, you know. You, well, they didn't, they, didn't, they, didn't tur- they didn't turn on the uh, get the uh, get the f out. No, lights. well, well, it was well, it's funny because it was me and the ground screw. That's pretty much who it was uh, by the end of the whole thing. No, but uh, I mean, just thinking about Rallyway Phillips, and I, I remember a year ago, a little more, than, a little less than a year ago, I remember. Being, I was in that group of people that I thought, you know, he's scoring goals, but it's really on resetting it up, and 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 maybe he's not, maybe the stats are a little flattering. But I tell you what, man, he has shown already this year that he is that guy. He is a legitimate goal scoring machine, and that he's a guy that can will I think once again put up twenty goals this year if he stays healthy. So, you know, credit to the Red Bulls. They gave him his designated player contract. They locked him up, and at the time, I thought, oh, you know, are they? Are they being a bit premature with this? But he absolutely looks the part. He absolutely is that 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 goal scoring threat up top that you need and that they need to kind of help spearhead their their attack. Between and so between him doing that and between their midfield playing well, I mean their midfield question was uh, was outstanding. He was outstanding on Sunday night. Outplayed Mix Distrugrud uh, off the park on a night when Jurgen Klinsmann was in attendance, and I think that's interesting. That's something that. That bears watching is, uh, you know, will Jurgen Klinsmann give Sasha Kleschen another chance? And I know there's that segment of U.S. fans who don't think he deserves it because he hasn't done enough in his recent, in his other, in his past games for the U.S. I tend to disagree because I don't feel like he's been put in the good, in the proper position when he's been given his opportunities. I mean, he's been played wide, he's been played in an advanced position. I think if you play him, you if you if you if you line him up alongside Michael Bradley or you play him a little bit deeper, uh, I think he can. I think he can be be. be contributor for the national team and, and on and on sunday night he's sure if you ask if you ask a, 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 an impartial observer who didn't know who the either player was which one of these guys is the u.s national team starter regular is it makes this group or is it such question i think most would tell you it was it's such a question just based on what we saw last night so i thought he impressed felipe martins uh is quietly uh having an outstanding year for them what a pickup that uh, that has been i mean we think about that i mean at the time of the trade I know a lot of Red Bulls fans were upset at Eric Alexander and Ambrose Oyango getting shipped off because, you know, Oyango, the exciting young player, Alexander, Mr. Reliable in midfield. What is Jesse Marsh doing? They're, te- they're ripping apart the team that Mike Pecky helped build. What, you know, this is a disaster. And look at the look at it now. I mean, this trade is looking amazing. I mean, they, that trade helped them get Sasha Kleston, and that trade got them Felipe. And that's t- – they have combined with that Dax McCarty to, to perform – a very good midfield, and credit to them, and credit to Jesse Marsh for putting it together right now. And the next time these two teams will meet, this will be uh, June 28th at Yankee Stadium, so it'll probably take you, what, three hours to get to the game this time? 
<laughs> no, you know, it's funny. Yankee Stadium is very easy to get to, knock on wood. Um, usually it's tough to get there when it's a baseball game. Um, but I think uh, I feel like most of the NYCFC game traffic, or at least the people that go to NYCFC games, are uh, are, are, commu- are commuting from within New York. Uh, I haven't really seen... Uh, and I feel like I've been to uh, most of their games at Yankee Stadium so far this year, and I, I don't I don't feel like I've seen legitimate traffic there. Maybe for the opener, there was some some traffic, but uh, no, nah, it takes takes like fifteen twenty minutes to get there. Surprisingly, that's not that really wow. Well, yeah, it, that's fine. It's the, it's the whole parking and tolls and and all that 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 that's a bit of a pain in the butt, but yeah, it's not bad. Life in the big city, man. We wouldn't know it out here in this simple small town in Phoenix, Arizona. What do you live on a farm? Settle down. There's no traffic out here ever. It's not too bad. Uh, all right, I was time to move on. Staying in the uh, Eastern Conference, but also bringing in the Western Conference. Columbus Crew defeated the Seattle Sounders three to two. Kai Kamara with a brace in this match. In uh, Columbus, I mean, if you did not watch any games this weekend, go back and watch this game. It, it was exciting. Lots of creativity between both teams. Lots of fast pace. And uh, and for Columbus, Ivis, I mean, big victory at home, three to two over Seattle. Big win for Columbus. Uh, credit to Greg Berhalter's team. Obviously, they they rebounded from the, the from the loss previous week, and uh, that attacking quartet of Kamara, Iguain, Ethan Finley, and Justin Merrim, uh, you can argue is one of the best in, has is looking like one of the best in the league. And that Kai Kamara pickup, I mean, how big is that for them right now? I mean, we said it last year; they needed to upgrade the four position, and if they did that, they could be right there with the best teams in the league. And and they. They did that, and Kamara is proving to be that guy that can finish chances and, and really be a threat up top. Uh, and and to do it without Will Trap. I know last episode I said they're really missing Will Trap, but you know I think in this game you saw what they can do. They won they won the battle in midfield. Seattle, I mean, look, Seattle's one of the best teams in the league, but they had their problems uh, against Columbus. I mean, defensively, Chad Marshall didn't have his best day. I mean, he he got whenever Chad Marshall was getting beaten uh, for goals. Seattle's probably going to be in trouble. So mm-hmm. I think because he, he is so important for them. Uh, but again, it's one game. You know, Seattle's going to be fine. But it just shows this Columbus team is legit. And they're going to be right there at or near the top uh, of the East with them, New England, and D.C. I think it's a three-horse race. Obviously, the Red Bulls are looking more and more like a legitimate fourth contender. But uh, no, Greg Berhalter and that team, uh, that crew team looks pretty damn good. And not that I want to throw too much shade on on the Seattle Sounders, but when you look at going into this match, I was they had three match they were on a three match winning streak. Get wins over Colorado, Portland, and NYCFC. Here they actually lose to a quality team that will is is you know as we discussed regarded as one of the better teams in the league. Not that I'm trying to throw shade on Seattle's winning streak, but kind of interesting that they beat up on the weak teams and then here they go play a team that could be competing for the MLS Cup. And they lose. And going forward, I mean, they got some tough games coming up on the schedule right now. Nah, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I mean, they look, you play a good team on the road, there's a good chance you could lose. And Columbus came to play. And and it's not like Seattle got blown out. I mean, they made a game of it. It ended up 3-2. Dempsey scored two goals. And 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 they, you know, you give them a few more minutes, maybe they get that equalizer. But I, I, I'm not ready to take any credit away from, from, from Seattle. I mean, Seattle is legitimate MLS Cup contender. And they will be there in the end. But on, you get, give the crew the credit on their night on this night. They they showed that quality that we thought they'd have coming into the season. And I think they've had their ups and downs uh, early on in the season. At least their ups and downs with relation to what we thought they would be. Uh, I think I think maybe they they before this game they were, they had been a little below expectations. But I think now with this game, I think they showed us and reminded reminded some people who were questioning it. 
that they really are a legitimate contender. Uh, moving over to the Western Conference, FC Dallas all over the LA Galaxy. Blas Perez comes back, and this match scores a goal in the game. And then Tesho Akindeli, Ivis trying to get breakthrough after the slow start to the season for him. He gets a goal in this match, and Dallas defeats LA 2-1. Oh, that's a big win for Dallas. And I got to say, credit to Oscar Pareja. For them to win this game uh, without Matt Hedges and, and Zach Lloyd, I mean, hats off to them. I mean, uh, you know, if you would have told me that they'd win a game they, against L.A. without those two guys, I would I would have doubted it. But they they did. They did, they delivered. And Mauro Diaz, man, that guy, one of the better playmakers in the league, uh, pulled those strings on both the goals. Uh, and, and, he, and when he's on his game, Dallas definitely takes it to another level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and L.A., man, L.A. just didn't uh, – it wasn't a good game for them. I mean, you know, they, they didn't uh, take advantage of the chances early on in the game. And then they really kind of fell apart later in the game. Uh, they, they just did not. They just right now, they do not have that championship look uh, to them. And uh, Bruce Arena, you know, being Bruce Arena after the game, he took all the blame. He let it be known. You know, he didn't coach them up enough. Uh, he didn't ha- he didn't get them in the right frame of mind to to, to get out of that game with a result like they, they felt they deserved. And uh, there's some there's some questions to be asked about that L.A. team uh, in terms of their attack. Obviously, when you don't have Robbie Keane, that's such a big loss because he means so much to their attack and in terms of getting that attack to an elite level. And without him, you you, you know, you, you, nothing, <laughs> nothing against the other guys they have, but they, they it's just a big drop-off. I mean, Zardis is a nice player, but he is – if he's the guy that's leading your attack, you're, it's not that's not an MLS Cup level attack when he's the guy leading it. I mean, last year he was the third uh, the third musketeer, so to speak, with Robbie Keane and Landon Donovan. Now you're asking him to be the lead guy, and it's not it's not as easy. So we'll see what we'll see what Bruce Arena does uh, going forward. If he can, you know, uh, figure things out, I think they'll be fine. I mean, I think you know once they get Robbie Keane back and, and they'll start clicking again. But credit to FC Dallas, Mauro Diaz, Teshrak and Dele, Blas Perez. That attack and Fabian Castillo, man, the guy. Once again, he is he's playing like one of the best wingers in MLS, and uh, you know he's such a handful, so tough to deal with. Well, the other thing too for the LA Galaxy, I mean, just a few months you're gonna have seen Gerard coming over too. It's uh, it's a long season for them. No need to panic or anything. Exactly, they'll be fine. Oh, and they added, they also added Sebastian Leggett, uh, or your Jet. Whatever. I always, I'm always curious how to pronounce his name, but. I think he's going to be a good addition for them. He's a talented midfielder. They got a really good look at him in the preseason. A uh, little known fact that I don't know if it, it ever even made the rounds, but uh, Sebastian Leggett actually spent part of the Galaxy's preseason training with them when they went over to Europe. Uh, he, so he spent like 10 days training with them. So they got a cl- up-close look at him. They like what they saw. Now they brought him in, and I think he's someone who's, who can help them, who can definitely help give them a creative uh, element in the midfield that I think they've been missing. So when you have that, and then obviously Steven Gerrard is going to be a huge difference maker in the summer. Uh, it's going to, you know, you, get, you throw Gerrard and Robbie Keane into the mix, all of a sudden you're talking about a whole different conversation. So L.A. will be fine. Uh, no one go writing them off just yet because if you if if you do, then then you're you're really ignoring history. Uh, moving up north, Toronto FC Ivis, they return home on a two match winning streak. Things are going good for them. You got the crowd, you have momentum, and then Houston Dynamo go in and defeat you two to one. Ivis, what is Toronto doing? You're home. You have to win your home debut. They laid an egg, man. There's no other way to say it. Everything was set up for them. Everything was set up for them. To win, to have a big win in front of the home crowd, uh, capture the imagination of the people who came to that bu- building to give them another chance after all these years, and they flat out laid an egg. And it's just unbelievable. It really is. I mean, 
again, it doesn't mean the end of the season, but it, it just makes you wonder about the makeup of this group and is this team capable of putting it all together and being the team we thought they could be. And and this is the kind of game they needed to show it. They're playing a Houston team that nothing against Houston, but you know, when you look at the, the teams on paper, when you look at the talent on the on the opposing sides, TFC should win the game. And they didn't win. And they, they did not only did they not win, they did not look good at all. I know they got the late goal, they made it interesting. But Houston outplayed them flat out, outplayed them on their field in their new stadium, sold out crowd. Uh, and it's funny, just it's just unbelievable. And, and then when you, I mean, to contrast it with the, like the Red Bulls game, you know, Red Bulls had their packed stadium rivalry game, and their team came to play. Their stars came to play. Sasha Kleshton came to play. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips obviously came to play. Uh, but with TFC, they, they, their stars didn't didn't necessarily come to play. I mean, Giovinco, you know, he's obviously a great player, but did he put his mark on this game like you would have expected? No. Michael Bradley, for him, by his standards, this was an absolute stinker. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't deliver, and he needs to do better than he did in this game. So you know, it, it's disappointing, and really, because I mean, it, you know, for for kind of a uh, an impartial observer, like I, you know, as an MLS observer, like me, like for myself, like I want to see them do well. I want to see them. Uh, make the most of a market that is there for the taking. I mean, Toronto is a wide-open sports market. The, all the teams there are terrible, right? All the te- sports teams they have there are pretty much either terrible or, or not that great. If that Toronto FC team ever started winning and playing well and and, and, and really ca- catching attention in Toronto, they would kill it up there. But once again, it seems like the, a, a missed opportunity for them, and we'll see how they respond to that. Now, they better respond well because in the next couple of weeks, it's going to tell us a lot because if they don't start winning games soon, mm-hmm. the, the pressure will absolutely have to start falling on Greg Vandy because that team has way too much talent to be delivering games like this that they absolutely needed more from. Well, I mean, we've, we've discussed that. You know, The question is how long could Greg, Greg Vandy stay? And them picking up these back-to-back wins before this game, you, you know, you have to say that helps out Greg Vandy's case, but I was, let's just say hypothetically, they lose those two games, they lose this match. I mean, Greg is Greg Vandy out? I think they still would have given them more time. I think, but I, I mean, I don't think. I don't know, man. I mean, if they don't start turning it around, see what I'm saying? It's it's. I don't know. I mean, it, I'll, I'll put it this way: there is. I definitely think there's a, a a scenario that could see him gone during the season. I, I think there has to be a scenario like that because if you, there's too much money invested in this team to throw away an entire other season. So if they start, if they don't get on a good winning track with this talent, with this group. Uh, there's going to be questions to be asked, um, but again, it's still there's still some time. There's still this talent there. They should be able to do better, and maybe they will. I mean, it's one game at home. We'll see now these next couple of weeks. I, I'd say let's give it a few more weeks and let's see if they can figure the, these things out. And moving back to the Eastern Conference, Orlando City and New England Revolution played to a two-two draw. Um, in this match, a, a great comeback for Orlando City, who are down two-zero after the 70th minute. And then uh, young Kyle Laren scores a goal. And then Aaron Collins scores in the 90th minute for Orlando. Good result for them, Ivis, against the New England Evolution. Orlando, wait, they got a result against New England? Really? Shocking. As, as, as amazing as New England has been and as bad as Orlando's <laughs> been, who saw that happening? Who saw that coming? Who, 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 who could possibly have predicted Orlando City stepping up and having a and, and getting a result i did did anyone did anyone have that i don't know i'm not sure i can't remember off the top of my head I'm trying to think i think someone did but anyway uh no yeah look man orlando city man they it, it, you know what they still they still have a bit of a ways to go 
But the, and look, they, they, most for most of this game, it looked like it looked like what most people would have expected, which is New England in a cakewalk. But they showed some heart late in this game. They fought back down 2-0 to get a 2-2. I mean, I know people don't like to talk about, uh, you know, symbolic uh, victories or, or uh, you know, moral victories. But th- this this was this was the kind of, uh, of, of result that can, can help turn things around for a team. Absolutely. And uh, just was some questions about their forward situation, getting some consistency up top. And now obviously Kevin Molino being lost is a big blow to them. But I think this match, this, this result, I think could help energize that team. Uh, as far as New England goes, I'm, I wouldn't worry too much about New England. They're, they're still a powerhouse. They still look very good for most of this game. Uh, I think there'll be some lessons that they learned and they'll take away from, from the way this game ended for mm-hmm. them. But I think at the end of the day, they'll, they'll be fine. I mean, they're still, for me, one of the top two teams in the league right now. Yeah, how much momentum can Orlando take from this match, Ivis? Because when you look at it going into this match, you had a loss against Columbus where you got 3-0. Then you have a 2-0 loss at Toronto FC. I mean, Orlando's at this point pretty much looking for anything. How much can they build on top of this going forward? I think it's big, man. I think it's a, it's a, a, I think it's a huge confidence boost. Because like you said, I mean, when you have these the, the, those previous losses, I mean, it starts to snowball. It definitely starts to hit, hit your, your, your confidence as a group, and then obviously losing Molino was a, it has to take an emotional toll as well. So if they lose this game, all of a sudden it all kind of feels like it's snowballing. They they turn it around, they get the result. Kyle Lahren, the rookie, scoring a goal. I mean, that's big. Maybe he's going to be the guy. Maybe he can be the guy. Maybe he can be the guy. Uh, it's probably a lot to ask for a rookie, but he, he he has shown the talent that that made him the number one overall pick. So it, you know, their their positives take away. Obviously, there's still some question marks there. Um, one one, I think Amobi Akugo's performance was, was a bit uh, disappointing. Uh, he he got pulled at halftime there. He's been great for them all season. Uh, so that one was a little bit of a head turner. I think it'll be fine. I think you look know, as Jason Christ said last night about mixed discrude. Uh, you can't expect you know these guys to have great games every single game. That's you know you're gonna have your bad games, your down games, and. Yeah, I think Amobi Kugo had that in the first half, obviously. I think he had the big turnover that led to one of New England's goals. Uh, but it happens. I mean, Michael Bradley, same thing. Michael Bradley had had a stinker. So I think I think Akugo will be fine. He'll regroup from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we see what Orlando does. I mean, you know, and it doesn't get any easier for them, right? They're on their way. To, they're going to head up to D.C., and that's a big – that's a tough place to play. So – uh, but at least if you're Adrian Heath, you come out of that match, even though you didn't get the three points, you, you come out of that match with something – uh, to work with in terms of trying to get your team motivated because it shows it show if anything it shows them that if they real if they if, if the effort's there they can get a result. DC United played Sporting Kansas City to a one one draw at RFK Stadium. Let's face it, Ivis. If, if you're Sporting Kansas City, you're, you're facing off against one of the uh, the hottest teams in the league right now. You'll be able to walk away with a point. You're going to be very happy with the result. Wait, Sporting Kansas City got a result. I know at at RFK. I know against DC Red Hot DC. I know, man. Who saw that coming? I don't. I don't think anyone predicted. Wait, someone did. I don't remember who. I don't was. think. Right, it, anyway. I, don't, I don't think it was you. So don't don't hurt yourself. Congratulate oh. yourself. <laughs> it wasn't. I'm pretty sure I listened to the show last night. And, uh, I think it was me actually. Um, but no. Anyway, uh, now KC man, look, Dom Dwyer scores a goal. Maybe the whole mar- the marriage jinx is starting to wear off, and oh and he's uh, you know he's uh, he's starting to be the guy that that, that KC needs him to be, and uh, that's a big result for them. I mean, I think it just shows that. It, 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 I think it, it shows people maybe who hadn't realized it that they still are a team that is going to be a handful, even though they lost Icopara, that they're going to be right there. And uh, if you're DC, I mean, I, you're obviously going to be disappointed uh, just getting a point at home, but uh, 
they're still one of the best teams in uh in the league, and I think they're they're showing it. Of course, of course. It's it, look for Sporting Kansas City. It's it's with everything they've had going for them to be able to walk away with a point. That's huge for them. I mean, the results like this, Iowa's will pay off for them down at the end. Now, if you're DC, you're at home, you're red hot. I mean, you're going to be very disappointed with this with this end result. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, but you know what? The, this rivalry, though, this matchup. No, not to say rivalry because again, you people get offended if you call anything a rivalry that. Maybe people don't think it's a robbery, but I, I feel like these teams, they've had some good matches through the years. And, and obviously when they were in the Eastern Conference together, uh, we saw some great matchups. Now they're only going to play once a year because Kansas City's in the West. But uh, there's still that that kind of familiarity there. There's still that kind of uh, tension that, that exists between teams that, you know, ha- have had their battles. Um, and look, DC, DC was, if you look, if you're just looking at overall in the course of the game, um, you know, Kansas City had more shots on target. DC had more to the ball. They had more possession. They had their their passing uh, accuracy was higher. So I mean, it was you could say DC was the better team, but at the end of the day, if you're KC, you don't care. You got a point. You went on the road against a very good team, and you got yourself a point. Mm-hmm. And that gives them definitely gives them something to build on. I completely agree. Uh, Portland Timbers defeated the Mont- Mont- Montreal Impact. Excuse me, uh, two to one, and more importantly. Diego Valeria is back. Scores the game winner in this one. Montreal, uh, look, it's, it's, it's disgusting. I mean, they may be a good team, but for some reason when it says MLS on the schedule, they struggle. But more importantly, Diego Valeria is back. And if you're a Portland fan, if you're Caleb Porter, if you're the Portland Timbers organization, after watching that goal last night, you are just totally and now enthusiastic on the rest of the season. Well, the, the, for me, that that was the big positive, like the big positive out of this match. The big negative for me. Was the fact that only thirteen thousand came out to watch this game? Thirteen, thirteen thousand and twenty. Now, obviously, it's not easy to to try to capture the 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 momentum of, of the Champions League. Try to convince fans in Montreal to come watch MLS matches. But you would have thought there was would be a little bit more of a carryover. You would have thought there'd be at least for the first game after the Champions League or, or one of the first that, that that they they'd be able to draw a little bit better, and they didn't. And and that's a little concerning. It has to be if you're looking at it. Um, but no, you know Montreal. They they you know I, th- I thought they did all right. I thought from when you look at the game itself, I thought I thought they looked all right. I mean, in the sense that we know what Portland's about. We know they like to keep the ball. They they they, they love to knock it around. And actually, Montreal is, was one of these rare opponents for Portland that actually had more passes. They had a higher pa- passing accuracy. They actually had they had the possession edge. And and obviously, the the, the fact that uh, Portland was up 2-0 in the last 20 minutes, Montreal's chasing and Portland sitting back, that, that does tend to kind of skew the stats a bit. But I, I thought Montreal showed some positive signs. Is it enough? Is it enough to make you think they're going to turn it around and be a playoff team? No. That's a bit of a, that's, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. But for Portland, Valeri's back. That's huge for them. Will Johnson will be working his way back shortly. Uh, they're going to be right there. I've been saying it for I don't know how long, and I know you know I know people like you like to get on me and say I'm a Portland fan, but no man, I I think they're a good team. I think they 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 were they were a better team that they showed than they showed last year, and I think this year once they get their guys back, they're going to put it all together. What are you talking about? I never get get on you about Portland. Nah, right? Okay. We all know that uh, we all know that you're a New York Red Bulls fan, so. Which one is it? I love it. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. There you go. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big hardcore uh, fan of everybody. Well, I think everyone could agree that you were a New York Red Bulls fan, but now you're I a was... Portland Timbers fan. I think that's what everyone can agree on. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Metro Stars fan. That's go. that's what I read in the uh, gossip magazines. 
mag- there aren't even there aren't even le- that many legitimate soccer magazines. That I don't think there. I don't think we we're at that point. Where we actually have gossip magazines. Maybe we should make one. That, make no, one that that actually that's the biggest problem facing this show is that there's not enough coverage of daily coverage of you and me. You know, going to the store or that would be a very boring read. doing the I show. Think, I, I don't think pa- paparazzi uh, catching you. Uh, you know, with your with the sweater tied around your your shoulders and, the, and, oh and your tennis God. racket. I don't. And, I've never dressed like that in my life, and I hate tennis. T- take it. We know, easy. we know you're a preppy. Come on. Oh my God. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. I uh, but yeah, no, Portland. Uh, no, Portland's legit, man. They're gonna be right there, and uh, we'll see. We'll see these next few weeks if 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 the Valeri if the Valeri impact is what what the Valeri impact, what the Valeria influence is gonna be on this team because people forget, man. The guy is one of the best in the league. Uh, and you know what? We'll see these next few weeks. I mean, they they they're, they got some interesting matchups. They play Houston, then they play Toronto, and then they play DC. So that that's some that's some very good opportunities to see what this Portland team is about. The Vancouver Whitecaps defeated the Philadelphia Union three to zero, just adding to uh, more misery for the Philadelphia Union. Uh, Octavio Rivero had a goal in this one. Darren Maddox for the Darren Maddox sighting in this match. Uh, there's some other news things to talk about with the Philadelphia Union, but more importantly, I was, let's just focus on this game. Vancouver all over Philadelphia three to zero. Yep, I mean it's pretty much what I think most people would have expected. Vancouver has been one of the better teams in the league this year, and then to be at home, you fully expect to win the game and against a team that. A union team that just looks completely lost, man. They, they, they just. It's just. Uh, you got to feel for Jim Curtin, man. I mean, things, things just, just. When you think things could, could not get worse, they get worse. Uh, you know, it's two nil, and they, and then they get the red card on Richie Marquez that really just kind of put the match out of out of reach at that point. I mean, not that they were gonna come back to win the game, but uh, I, I don't know what to say about Philly, man. It's just. It's just a disaster. I mean, the union are a disaster, and and as someone who is on record to say as having thought that they would be better this year, I mean, it's it's a little mind boggling that they're as bad as they are. For me, I, I mean, obviously the goalkeeper situation hurt them quite a bit early in the season because I think they would have gotten some results early in the season that would have helped t- uh, send things in a different direction, and and I think that. Uh, I, I think I think people kind of ch- ignore that a bit, ignore the reality that you know what if they got some wins when when they should have gotten wins and gotten some draws when they should have gotten some draws because of their shaky goalkeeper situation, they'd be in a different position right now. And that and and that's missed opportunities not only for points but for confidence boosting and and for 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 giving uh, some belief within the group that they are a be- that they are a better team than they were last year. And I think once they missed out on those results early in the year, it kind of set the course. For them to have what is looking more and more like it's going to be a nightmare season, and and I just don't see how they're going to turn it around. To be honest with you, because I don't know if they have the resources uh, to to really uh, revamp this team anymore. I mean, obviously, now that we know Risenboli is is definitely done now. Now that, that that you know he he was left home from this game, it's clear now that he will not be a part of this team. Uh, they should have hopefully some some cap room from that to help them. Uh, you know, boost their roster, but uh, you know, by the time that happens, it's going to be too late. I mean, right now it's looking pretty ugly for Philly. It is. Did, I'm pretty sure I said that they were going to be the worst team in the East this year, right? I was. You did. Credit to you. Uh, clocks are, you know, even the broken clocks, as they say. Uh, but yeah, full credit. You, you called. You called that one. Uh, know, but yeah, no. I mean, you weren't the only one. I mean, I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I was all alone on the. Philly will, will will be better this year to try train. Uh, 
I, I was the lone passenger on that on that on that Titanic of a prediction. But uh, nah, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, for Vancouver though, change it up a little bit. Uh, they're obviously legit. Octavio Rivero scores again uh, for the folks who are already trying to throw dirt on him and, and act like he he isn't a legit player. The guy's a baller. Um, and Pedro Morales, how, how can we forget? Man of the match in this game, um, just a beast of a playmaker, goal and assist. And the Whitecaps are going to be right there, man. They're they're a fun team to watch, and and I really want to see them against some of the top. I mean, they've already played and beaten some of the top teams in the league, but they're the kind of team that you really want to watch them play against against powerhouse teams. And guess who they play next? They play the Seattle Sounders in the Cascadia, the latest installment of that Cascadia Derby rivalry. That is going to be a hell of a game. Uh, moving on, Real Salt Lake defeated the Chicago Fire 2-1. to Big victory for Real Salt Lake, who need points desperately. Different formation um, for them. And uh, and let's face it, Ivis, I mean, this, is, this, is, this is a very good win for Real Salt Lake. Absolutely. And somebody stopped Jordan Allen. The guy is balling right now. I know he's your, I know he's your boy. Uh, but he, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's been in these last couple of games, he's been exactly what they've needed. And, and I said it last show, I think they miss, uh, they miss Jao Plata and, and, and what he brings. And, and I think Jordan Allen has helped kind of replace that a bit, uh, recently. And obviously in this game, uh, he was big for them as well. I mean, he, he had a hand in, in, in their first, in both, in the first two goals for them. So I think that was big in both their goals. Uh, he had a hand in it and, uh, you know, comfortable win for them. Chicago, if you're Chicago, uh, you're gonna you're gonna feel a little you know a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, but credit to RSL man, they needed this one and to go on the road and and get it. Uh, I think that's and I have this uh, Shaq Moore, who, who's one of the better U.S. prospects, has signed with Spanish side Huracan. What do you make of this move? You know, that's an interesting one. I really don't know what to make of the move because I, I you know he, here's a guy, here's a player, very talented prospect. Uh, has been a highly regarded prospect for some time in the U.S. setup. And, uh, you know, at, at a couple of months back, you know, or, or six months back, I mean, there was talk about him signing with a with a first division team in Spain. And I don't know. I don't know what came of that. I don't know if this is a situation where, where he's being parked at this team and will eventually move up to, to a bigger team. Uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, but just on the face of it, I mean, I don't I don't know what to make of it, because you're talking about a lower division Spanish team. Um but again, he's someone who the, the under twenty World Cup is going to be a big one for him. Uh, he has an opportunity to get some regular playing time. He uh, was the starter at right back in qualifying. Doesn't mean he's going to be the starter at the World Cup because now that they have the savvy of Payne, who can play right back and who's a very very good player, uh, I think that could end up costing Shaq more uh, his chance for playing time. But uh, this is a player though that U.S. fans should kind of remember that name, Shaq Moore. Uh, we'll see if he uh, we'll see how he does at the World Cup at the Under World Cup, and uh, we'll see if this is just a temporary stop for him. And moving over to the NASL, the Cosmos all over FC Edmonton, four to two. Let's face it, Ivis, is it the Cosmos? Is the trophy theirs to lose this year? Uh, yeah, it's looking like it. I mean, they they're on a roll. I thought it was interesting. Uh, they, I think they scored more goals than the entire rest of the league this uh, this weekend. It was it wasn't exactly a. Uh, it wasn't exactly a goal fest for the NASL, but uh, no, they're looking really good. And uh, you know, credit to Gio Savarese, he's, he's done a good job with that team. Uh, and you know, Raúl stepping out, Raúl stepping in, obviously was there always going to be a big. Wait, what? I said there you go. I, I, we didn't want you to say Raúl like like how your son says it. 
Oh, <laughs> raw. How raw would do for them. No, uh, no. Nah, nah, I mean, great. You know, it, it's uh, actually, and I think I stand corrected. Uh, the Cosmos scored four goals. The rest of the league scored uh, five combined goals. So mm-hmm. not quite, not quite. Uh, and the Cosmos did not outscore the rest of the league by themselves. It was close, though. It was close. Uh, no, big, big one for them. I mean, they're running away with it. They got a five point lead now. Uh, on the top of the NASL, and, and they're, they're looking like they're going to get that. They're going to lock up that spot in the in the final by winning the the, the spring season, and uh, you know they, they they're running away with it. And and, and if you want to talk about surprise surprise teams, we have to talk a little bit more about the NASL. Uh, there are quite a few surprises. Obviously, San Antonio, the defending champions, uh, have, have have had a stinker of a season. They finally got a win. Uh, they beat Carolina, got a 1-0, uh, but it's been an otherwise disappointing season for them, spring season for them. Minnesota, so much said about them coming into this season, and and they've been disappointing, although they got, also got a win. So now you're seeing these teams that, that high expectations uh, came into the season, and, and they fell flat, but now a couple of them are rebounding. But for me, the Jacksonville Armada, first-year uh, first team, expansion team, uh, and they're they're right there. They're in second place with, uh, on points with a game in hand, uh, and I, I feel like they're doing a good job of of, of kind of capturing the imagination of the of the fans in that in that fan in that market. Uh, Jacksonville, I think, has has quietly been known as a as a good market. Uh, you've seen national team games up there, and 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 they've done a good job. And and they, I think the Armada man, credit to them, they're they're looking like a good team. And one final thing before we wrap up the show, the U.S. Women's National Team, who we talked about gearing up for the World Cup this year in Canada, uh, they defeated Ireland 3-0, to zero, which is great, because when you look at the score, you're thinking, oh, 3-0 all over Ireland, but they missed a ton of chances, but really, that's besides the point. They won 3-0, and, uh, and look, look, the U.S. Women, this is, this is big for them, and they need to carry some momentum going into the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was ever a doubt about who would win this game. I don't think, I, I don't know if it's tricky, right? Because, I mean, they've beaten, they've beaten up on teams they're supposed to beat before. But I think, if anything, if you look at this game, I mean, they had a lot of chances, a lot of chances that they didn't put away. And you want to be a little sharper than they looked in this game going into into the World Cup because you're going to play better competition. They're obviously in a very difficult group. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, even though it was a 3-0 and you look at it and say, oh, 3-0, they, they won, they played great. They didn't play that great for the 3-0. For, the, for, for what the score was, I think the score was a little misleading because it was clearly a mismatch. They should I mean, they, they should have. I mean, 5-6 or 7, you could argue they, they, they should have scored. So maybe I'm being a little hard on them. But I tell you what, the games are going to get tougher. The opponents are very tough in their group. They're going to have to play better than they played in this game. And Iris, I'm sorry, man. With that, I have to get to work. So we can't schmooze. We can't goof around. We have to stay business on today's show. So I need to let you go and not do a 30-minute goodbye. Nah, come on. <laughs> That's what everyone waits for. Everyone waits for our, our long, drawn-out goodbyes. I guess we'll have to save it for the next episode. Hopefully, uh Hopefully we uh, we get an episode done for the end of the week but, and we can get our stay in our nice little run of episodes. Here's what we'll do. We'll we'll do yeah no we will do an episode later this week. But we'll do an episode later this week and I will recap the first marriage preparation class that my fiance and I had where she threw me under the bus in front of a group of people. So we'll recap that on the, on the next show. Man, threw me under the bus. I gave her a softball question and then she gave me something where. <laughs> threw me under doesn't the bus. sound good doesn't get out while you can I it wasn't <laughs> man i had to tell everyone in the group too i was like this is not true <laughs> come on man. i can't 
you might have to reconsider this whole thing. If Dom Dwyer has shown us anything, it's that you might want to reconsider. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, now, That's man, true. My four <laughs> may, may dip, may dip yeah, for yeah, Divas yeah. FC. You so. might score even fewer goals than you already yeah. Yes, we'll recap that. I'll, I'll let everyone know how, how wonderful it is getting married. If you're single, don't don't ever get married. That's my advice. Just start planning our wedding show. We should start planning the SBI uh, where the wedding episode. We should get that get that together. No, that's right. Because yeah, well, we need no. We need to start planning the SBI show bachelor party show. That's what we should be doing. That, yeah. that's, that is your responsibility. If I'm going to bachelor party, we're probably not going to want to have a show about it. It's uh, it's going to want to you want to what happens in in Phoenix stays in Phoenix. No. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but uh, when, yeah, I don't know. I haven't even got my wedding invitation yet. So I, I we haven't even set them out yet. I don't like I don't I, I don't like any. I I do not like the way any of them have looked so far. So oh boy, see Group. this is this is what happens when I work. <laughs> no, this is what happens when I work in an agency because we get uh, it. And my first thought is like, crap, can't see it. Where's the RSVP? I'm like, I think I know what's going on here. You're you're a groomzilla. That's what it is. No, you're, I'm not. I, I have no, I mean, it's, I, I, You know what? No one's surprised by that. Let's be honest. I have no say in anything. No say. <laughs> All right. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. All right, Avis. Well, with that, I'm going to let you go, man. Enjoy the week. We'll catch up uh, before the end of the weekend. And, uh, and yeah, man, enjoy your week. Thanks, man. You too. As, thank you. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the reviews. Also, if you're on iTunes, give us a review. We'd appreciate it. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, it's been a is, while. Yes, it's been a while, it, it people. Let's get while. a couple. I'm feeling lonely here. I'm feeling like we don't. I don't think is anyone listening. I'm feeling listening? like no one I hates think our me show, anymore. I don't. I don't think anyone listens to us anymore. I, I, I'm feeling neglected here. I don't know. So if you if you haven't given us a review yet, or if you haven't added, put a comment in our comment section of the show. Uh, let, feel free, man. Let us know. Let us know you're there. Let us know you love this show. You hate the show. Let us know how how bad Garrett is. How great I am. Feel free. <laughs> That's my line. Uh, <laughs> all right, Alice, I'll let you, I'll let you go. You have a good weekend, man. I'll, I'll catch I'll talk I'll catch up with you later. Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. That is Ivis Clarkson. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SDS Show. <laughs>